Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House. The Denver Chop House is located in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Some call it Lodo at 18th and Winecoop. That's Winecoop with a K. The Denver Chop House has everything under the sun that you could imagine that you would like to have when you go out for a nice dinner. You can enjoy uh, a steak, a, a roast beef au jus. You know how we do. You can belly up to the bar, have one of their house-crafted beers. You know they're a brewery, too. They were a brewery long before breweries were in vogue. But now... They're just doing it as good as anybody else. Check out the Denver Chop House. It is a good friend to us. They love us. They love the Colorado Sports Guys. The Colorado Sports Guys love you. Now enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there in Tangled in the Interwebs? We are back at Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street, where the motto here is, Don't Pass on the Pasole. With me, as always, Ross Hipster's Glasses Martin. Howdy, folks. And making his way down here from Thornton, the king himself, Jeff Morton. It's such an anticlimax if you don't finish that. Um, <clears throat> what's up, everybody? And uh, it's, this is election day. Yeah. And we've glad, we're glad that you've elected to listen to us. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> he really spun that one out of his head, didn't he? Election nice. day. I'm glad you elected all that all as well. Yeah. Did you guys have a good Halloween? Handed out candy to the youngsters. How many did you get? Not a lot. How many? Mm, I would say about 24, 25 groups. Okay, so you got a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, I, Usually I, we get far more than that. I got four. Well, it's because they're worried that you're passing out edibles. That's the new thing. That's, there's no more <laughs> Is razor that the thing? blades. I, I, heard it, I heard that. Is that, is that the thing? Is that why we, you don't see children? Because they're like worried that parents are worried that they're going to get edible marijuana. And I talked to some other parents that said that they were uh, they had like a – an approved candy exchange in their neighborhood where they all got together in these tents or something, and I was like, you wimps. Welcome to the democratically controlled society. I never bit society. into a razor-bladed apple. No, nobody ever did. and nobody oh, ever, That was the big thing back in the 80s, and as no, I remember. And no it was pothead, razor blades and apples. No pothead's going to waste a you know, $50 bar or brownie, whatever they are. Thirty dollars. It's, it's no, all it's bullshit. Yeah. It's their tactics on. brought upon this democratic, the Democrats in this in, the, in our governments. Uh, wouldn't, our, that, wouldn't that be a Republican? Tactics, our, yeah, that's, wouldn't that be a Republican our, thing? Man? Liberally skewed uh, media are, are trying to scare us all into thinking that these are problems. Wouldn't well, that be Republicans as with opposed to Republicans? Pure as pure as, pure as gold. <laughs> as opposed to Republicans, moralism. Who, uh, <laughs> who Republicans want to want to preach self reliance. And whimsy that literally has self reliance, except they want to <laughs> they want to control everything you do. Bastards oh really? Oh okay, that's what we're doing. Can't I don't like any of these guys. Do we? Do Sorry. we? We'll see you tomorrow when we wake up in a Bob Beaupre and Cory Gardner world in a much better world. Is can't that, we, is can't we just elect world? John Elway and be done with it? He's Whoa. a Republican. <laughs> I got Can my, we just elect Rocky and be I, done with it? I got it? my own problems Rocky's with John Elway. I got, I got my own problems with John Elway. Can we just elect Elway. Walt Weiss? Has he been fired yet? Maybe Dan O'Dowd could be the new governor of Colorado. If you didn't like him as a baseball GM, you'll hate him as the, the governor of Colorado. The problem with Dan O'Dowd is that 
he no matter what he does. He complained about the budget all the time. Yeah, he's just you know. I got he, no money for this construction. <laughs> I got no money. <laughs> oh damn it! But anyway, my Halloween was great, except for the I only had four trick or treaters. What? Oh yeah, that sucked. I was yeah. hoping for more. You're in a townhome, correct? I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. in a. In that was a, always like a. Do not go. Like you never want to go to the townhomes for candy because you're probably going to get like, you know, a Jolly Rancher or something. <laughs> like that well, was so you, I used to think about this. I, I thought about this the other day. I was like, you know what? I grew up in a neighborhood that that had houses, and we had you know 100 people a night. And I'm thinking, you know what? If you hit, went to the townhome neighborhoods, then you could do a lot more properties in a shorter amount of time because they're so close together. Correct. But then I realized that my neighbors must be like Jehovah Witnesses or something because they didn't even turn their porch light on. They they had no but like they were just like it was shut down, no trick or treaters. And I'm like, I'm sorry that I live next door to a Jehovah's Witness. Is that how you said it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I live next to a Jehovah's Witness. And Idiot like, kids. But, but kids, come on up. We got <laughs> Twix. I had Twix. Twix, huh? Twix are, God, I love Twix. Twix and Reese's. We had good, high-quality shit. Remember, uh, with only 0.05% THC. <laughs> Remember when I would go trick-or-treating? Which is, I would sometimes a, low get amount, those, which is a low amount. Of they would THC. sometimes give us those Charleston chews. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. People who trick or treated in the 1940s remember <laughs> Charleston shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We also no, did. We no, also no, did. We the, don't remember uh, Charleston. We shoes. also did the Charleston dance <laughs> on top of flagpoles. Yeah, so and yes, we don't remember what it was like to get blackjack gum. <laughs> no, here you go, son. Here's a little uh, salted lamb meat for you. <laughs> Put it in a cool wet sack. And keep it under your house. Right, this will get you to. This will get you to the rest of the year. You and the rest of your family living in your mud hut. Mud. <laughs> oh man, uh, those never get old. So anyway, uh, Halloween conversation. All right, that's done. We got we, done. we covered the uh, election. That's done. Now yeah, what we need to talk about we, is we the all, carnage we, on Sunday. Oh, aren't the, aren't the avalanche? Do you have playing, any headlines about this, Ross? Before I go hockey? dive into this shit, I, I got some headlines. Okay, if you guys want to go into headlines? Let's do, let's do that. No now. one cares that the Avs are playing hockey. Okay, no, what? no, absolutely. Headlines today are brought to you by Jake's Fine Food and Spirits at 38th and Walnut. Here, all right, so headlines. I got some headlines today. Okay, so uh, from the uh, Ugly Truth Tribune on uh, November. Did you make that up? Something. Uh, here's the headline Broncos are the worst team ever in the history of Earth. That's the headline. That might be true. Uh, here is from the uh, Reality Check Post on uh, November. Something.com. Uh, headline, should Broncos try to trade for Kyle Orton? <laughs> I, that sounds like a Nate Timmons headline. <laughs> that sounds headline. like a Nate Timmons headline. Yeah, I think, yeah. You better call this guy. At, uh, uh, is there a question mark Reality there? check post. Yeah, it was a question. Um, from the Drudge Report. They should. I mean, Kyle Orton is having a pretty good season. <laughs> He's got his right. five and three bills going up against those pesky Kansas City Chiefs, also five and three. Ooh. I have to hit on that. We do gamblers on the storm a couple of days. Uh, Here is from the Drudge Report. Is Brandon McManus, in addition to being the worst kicker ever, a mole planted by the Belichick McDaniels regime? Ooh, I like that. Another another question. Another question uh, headline. Um, Here's something from Can we not talk uh, about McManus? He's terrible. 
Uh, yeah, we I, we have to talk about talk about Brandon McManus because he knows he's supposed to kick in between the uprights. Right? The best player that the Broncos have had since Elway left was Matt Prater, and yeah. they just dismissed him. Yeah, they dismissed him. Give the guy a cocktail, let him kick. Now we got Brandon freaking McManus. God, what a clown! Um, all right, uh, here's something from uh, Is he a clown baby or a baby from clown. November something like it's from October 34th, uh, 2014. Uh, slap in the face times is the publication. Uh, Jacob Tammy is the linchpin of Broncos offense, according to John Fox. That, there's a headline for it. Gotcha. Jacob Tammy is linchpin of Broncos offense. I'm so angry when John he checked Fox. into the game and, they, and Peyton just threw him like eight passes. I'm like, can we, can we stop throwing to Jacob Tammy? Isn't there a reason that freaking Orange Julius is on this team ahead of him? You don't mm. understand. We can't get uh, this guy involved. We're well, watching Rob Gronkowski catch pass after pass. We can't even to, throw to our tight end. According to John Fox, Jacob Tanami is the linchpin. Uh, did you not just hear the headline? I, well, I guess Jacob I don't know Tandemi, what that means. Well, Tanami is someone, the future of the Denver Broncos. Someone who has a name that is perfect for a hermaphrodite. Absolutely would be a linchpin of something. I guarantee he knows how to play a mean tambourine. I don't know why, but I bet. I'm getting a Jacob Tammy uh, jersey tomorrow because he is clearly, according to John Fox, the linchpin of the Broncos offense. Wait, hold on. Is Jacob Tammy wearing number 84, by the way? Uh, is he? I think so. And I that think he's wearing me. the number one jersey, as in number one offensive target for Peyton Manning, yeah. as in the, the future of the Denver Broncos lies on Jacob Tandemi's shoulders. I still got to say, somebody on Mile High Sports wrote a column uh, after Decker signed with the Jets where he said, the Broncos actually should have cut Wes Welker and given Decker that money. I was like, that was actually, that would have been great. Sanders Uh, is your slot receiver? Oh, man. Wes Welker's been uh, an absolute failure. Walking injury. Walking, I, he is done. He needs to be off the Broncos as soon as possible. Did the Broncos not draft a uh, pretty good receiver, Corey Latimer, in the second round? Was he a second round pick? I don't know if his name was Corey Latimer Cody. or not. Cody, I think you're thinking of Cody Lamb. He can't. He can't get on the field. Who's, oh, who's oh, he drafting these guys? Oh, he will be on the field. He will be on the field. Or is it going to be Andre Caldwell well, or Jacob Tammy? It's pretty clear that this is Welker's last year. But they don't want. This wanna, is very clear. So, so. the Broncos. Uh, by the way, uh, it's pretty clear that Welker's last year was last year. <laughs> But the Broncos, and for some reason, we're just keeping him around. <laughs> He's god-awful. They don't want to play a rookie receiver, but they got no problems with a rookie kicker. It's a bunch of crap. It is a bunch of crap. The circumstances of that are still suspicious to me, but I, I, I'm, I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that the full story of why they cut Prater will come out eventually. Can't, we, can't they sign well, like... I, I guarantee... I already know why. What's Matt Bill Gramatica doing? I know why Matt Prater got cut. It's because the dude is an alcoholic. He's boozing. All the time. And I don't just mean he's drinking every night. I mean, he's boozing vodka during the day at practice facilities, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? That's fine for Detroit, but not okay for Denver, apparently, even though Denver's had more coaches busted for DUIs in the last two years than any other team. They should have kept Prater. They should have kept him. They should have kept him in the friendly confines of Dove Valley. Prater hasn't said, you know been what? stellar in Detroit, though. No, he hasn't been stellar in Detroit. He's been missing some but, kicks. But you can't, you can't expect a guy like that to change his environment and then go and then all of a sudden be good. He would have been just fine here. He can't kick they in a dome? They should have kept him here. Yeah. 
I don't know if they should have kept Prater or not, but they sure as hell should find somebody that knows how to kick a football. Well, maybe we can all find out here. Here's another headline. Is David the, Treadwell still alive? Here, here's the headline. <laughs> from the Literary News Post Times. Where are you finding these articles? From, November, uh, from October 36th. A headline. Broncos head coach John Fox's autobiography to hit shelves this week. It is titled, They'll Never See It Coming. We Always Run... We always run it on first down. <laughs> That's from the Literary News Post Times on October 36th, 2014. I'm more impressed that you found something called Literary Post Times. The Literary, Literary News, News Post, Post Times. Times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I read it. I, I get it. Actually, it's a newsletter. I get it sent to my mailbox every time. What was that liquor that Bill Murray was repping in the movie uh, that one where he was in Japan? Uh, Lost in Translation? Lost, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't get past. I, I liked the beginning of that movie, but I never got to actually watch the whole thing because it was like Scar, Scarlett Johansson's butt. But he had that, like, he had some line where he was like, he's like, every time is a Nagori time or I don't know, something. That just reminded me of Well, that. every first down is apparently a, let me tell you, this is good. This is going to be a good uh, book. I would read it. Uh, John Fox's autobiography titled, They'll never see it coming. We always run it on first down. I think we um, actually have subtitle, a uh, subtitle. Even though we have the most explosive offense in the history of Earth, we actually have a clip of the audio version of that. I'll only cue that up for you. Yeah, cue that Let's up. Cue that up. John Fox's autobiography on audio. Oh well, you know, uh, there was this time I was coaching in Denver, and uh, you know, I was saying next man up, you know, because it's always next man up. Whenever someone guy goes down with an injury, it's next man up. But uh, we run on first down here. That's what we do. And uh, we have a next man up policy here. And, uh, yeah. Now, let me in, in, interject here. I can't believe you uh, typed so many andas in this book. Uh, what an uh, idiot. If I was interviewing uh, John Fox, I would say, well, but, John, Coach Fox, what are you going to do on first down? Well, uh, you'll never see it coming. You know, we like to keep things close to the vest here at Dove Valley. Um, but we're going to run it. <laughs> And by the way, that's an interesting <laughs> strategy. Uh, John Fox, do you not realize you have the most explosive offense and possibly the greatest quarterback of all time who is known for passing for touchdowns? What do you say about that on first down? Well, we have a next man up policy here, and uh, you can't rely on touchdowns to win the game. You've got to run the ball on first down in order to win the game. Well, there we go. Uh, that's John Fox, everybody. Tantalizing Thank you. stuff <laughs> Thank you. from Coach Fox in that upcoming. That was great. That was great. Where did you find that audio? Well, Amazon.com, <laughs> which we actually have a uh, affiliate link to if you go to Colorado Sportsguys. If you want to support the Colorado Sportsguys <laughs> podcast, go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click the banner at the top of the page. Before you do your normal shopping at Amazon.com, click that banner at the top and you'll be supporting the podcast. Buy some ankle socks. Yeah, uh, let's see. We you know covered. who needed some ankle socks was freaking uh, Tom Coughlin last night. He was trying to get the challenge flag out of his sock. Couldn't locate it fast enough. Colts threw a touchdown pass on his dumb ass. You know, that's interesting <laughs> because I, I seem to remember that John Fox never challenges anything oh, and yeah. also never calls timeouts. It's like you have <laughs> do have job to do. It's like call Nate. plays, call running plays on first down, uh, throw the red flag out once in a freaking while. Nate, do you have any more audio on the challenge flags? Yeah. Oh, I do, yeah. Hang on, let me cue that one up. Here we go. There was a time that I uh, was asked to challenge something, but I told the, uh, I told the guys, you know, it's a next man up policy. And we don't, we don't do that sort of thing. We always run on first down. 
<laughs> I don't know what Fox was really talking about wow. there, but that's, that's kind of revealing. If if I were like a reporter who maybe was like interviewing John Fox, I'd be like, "What are you, a fucking idiot?" You know, sometimes uh, when people ask me if I'm a fucking idiot, I say, "You know, we run on first down, and it's a next man up policy here at Dumb Valley." You know, so uh, any time a guy goes down with injury, you know, next man up. If I, if I was a reporter, I would say, John Fox, have they ever proven that doves exist around Dove Valley? How'd they get that name? Uh, I was asked that once before. Next man up. There used to be pigeons here. There used to be pigeons here. <laughs> he's, he's giving away pretty much the whole playbook with this audio. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, this this is all a sneak peek into uh, John Fox's new autobiography. Uh, it, once oh. again, titled "They'll Never See It Coming." We always run it on first down. Yeah, very good. Uh, that's, They'll that's never see it coming. Stuff. We always run on first down. By John Fox. Um, here's uh, here's, Next a, man here's up. another Broncos headline. This is from uh, the Future Weekly Times post. Uh, from uh, November, you want some like obscure no- email no- list? November thirty eighth, twenty eighteen. Um, Vic Lombardi Trophy has been renamed the John Fox Trophy. Um, wow, never saw that coming. The John Fox to Trophy. twenty years from now, we have a no next more trophy up <laughs> policy here. <laughs> um, all right, well that'll do it for Broncos headlines. Uh, <laughs> That's it, huh? I got I got some uh, non Broncos headlines. If Woo-hoo. you guys are interested, well, I'd like to hear I'd like to hear a Colorado Avalanche headline. If you got yeah, here we go. Uh, right after this uh, NFL headline. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a headline from uh, dot com. On, uh, headline: Adrian Peterson to avoid jail time in child abuse plea bargain. You know uh. what? I I, I kind of hope he goes to jail for a long time because he. Kiboshed my fantasy football season. Well, wow. that's what pissed me off. As <laughs> I, as I, on as I am reading this headline, all I, I'm scrolling down. I'm like, where is the section on whether or not I should pick him up on waivers? Dude, my buddy, should I pick this guy up on waivers or not? My buddy, why just, do we get to the important information here? Yeah, my friend texted me today and said, "Hey, are you interested in trading Adrian Peterson?" I said, "Bro, I cut him weeks ago." <laughs> <laughs> like. You know, I held on to him for like a month. My season's been kiboshed. What were you hoping for? What were you hoping for to hold on to him? I was hoping that once again that our court system would fail us (laughs) and that he would be back on the field because he's a superstar. It's like I will trade you uh, Adrian Peterson. I I will give you uh, O.J. Simpson and Ray Carruth (laughs) for Adrian Peterson. I'll do that straight up. Just, that's That's two Hall of Fame players, or at least one Hall of Fame player and one really good Really good player for just Adrian Peterson, who may or may not play this year. Yeah, Rick uh, Ruth was great for CU. Yeah. I was so excited to draft Adrian Peterson. I, I am on the same boat as you, I man. I did the same thing. His I, guts. I had him second, um, and uh, now I've got like Chris Ivory on my team. I was I just traded for Chris Ivory. I was trying to he think. Is horrible. I was thinking to myself, did I miss? Like, were these charges? Did they come out of the blue, or was this kind of a known thing heading into the season? It, it was not known unless. Because I didn't do any studying for fans. John Fox might have known That's that. That's obvious. John Fox was probably the only guy who knew that and then act, didn't act upon it. I think I might have a touch of audio on John Fox there. Let me cue that up for you. Here we go. We run on first down. Adrian Peterson story. <laughs> ah. Here's a headline. All right. Uh, Dempsey. 
Christopher <laughs> Dempsey. Oh. From the Denver Post on... Uh, Everyone's blah, favorite blah, 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 blah. Eagles fan. Uh, here we and go. Slow, slow start Desperado. in Denver. Can I read the headline yet? Sorry, oh, yeah. Man. Go Sorry. ahead. Go ahead man. Dempsey. Wait, hold on. Okay, go. Okay. okay right. You're good. Slow starting Denver Nuggets fall to Sacramento Kings. Oy. If you're not saying that they should be firing Brian Shaw and that trading everyone, then you're wrong. That's the sentiment I'm getting from a lot of people in Nuggets you know, land, which I, is... I am one of these uh, uh, website URL speculators. I like to buy URLs because I figure they'll be worth millions of dollars in a couple of years. Ooh, like when you sold LeBronJames.com? That was a good one. Thank you. That was one of my shining moments. Did you guys know that FireJohnFox.com is still available and FireBrianShaw.com is also still available? For like $3. You can buy it for $3. Jeff, <clears throat> I see you getting your computer here. Why don't you just buy up both of them? Okay. Let me text Andrew Feinstein real fast. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> it's, we'll send it to Andy. See if he's got any interest. Andy's got the market cornered on fire, fire such and such coach.com. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually fire such and such coach.com. I was looking it'll, at It'll reroute to jakesdenver.com. Dude, there's a, there's a clip. There's a video of uh, on Denver Stiff's Facebook page. There's a video of Andrew Feinstein at a, uh, at a I think it's at a, a card store, like a sports collectibles place, and he's with Chris Anderson, and Chris Anderson's plugging Denver Stiff's. And Feinstein has, like, this is when he still has a little bit of hair. Yeah. He's, like, kind of dark glasses. <laughs> and it just, it's it's priceless I got to see this. Where can we find this? On Denver Stiff's Facebook page. Okay, it's it's priceless that. video. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's, I don't know. By the way, I, I'm sorry I missed last week when uh, we had old uh, Andy Feinstein on the podcast. Jake Feinstein. Andy looks yeah. like he might have owned a van that was windowless <laughs> in that video. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, he's grown up so much. <laughs> yes. Here's a headline from Business Insider. What? Uh, Business Insider. Uh, headline by uh, on October. Uh, uh, here's Sorry about the audio, folks. I don't know what's going on. There. <laughs> Three NBA players flopped at once in Nuggets-Kings game. Oh, yeah. You didn't find that on Denver Stiffs? We have it on Stiffs. Um. <laughs> 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 let me go back to this. Well, Ross, likes, over, Ross likes his obscure website. So let me okay, start over. Let him have From denverstiffs.com. <laughs> uh, headline, three NBA players flopped at once in Nuggets-Kings game. Um, here's what I have to say about that. Only one of them was a Nugget. And uh, second thing I want to say is, yes. Uh, give me another <laughs> Tito's and uh, soda. Yes. Uh, the other thing I want to say By the way, if you're not drinking Tito's vodka, you're a jerk. Yeah. I'm okay with not. You drink any vodka you want. It's fine. All right, Business Insider. Uh, excuse book. me, DenverStiffs.com. <laughs> Three NBA players flopped at once in Nuggets-Kings game. I have two things to say about it. One, only one was actually a Nugget. Yes. Uh, and two, he only looked like he was flopping, and that's Kenneth Fareed. It's because he had long hair. <laughs> uh, he wasn't accentuated. actually flopping. <laughs> he, uh, it was just his long hair that made him look like he was flopping. It made him look like he was flowing through the air. Yes, the yes. yes. Uh, this is the uh, curse of, of Kenneth Fareed. He looks like he's trying sometimes when he's not actually trying. It looks like he's flopping when he's not actually <laughs> flopping. It yeah. denotes action. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's called movement. It's called movement. It, it makes it more dramatic. Mm-hmm. But in fact, mm-hmm. Kenneth Fareed was simply standing there doing nothing, uh, which is uh, just what Kenneth you, Fareed does. There are those who know that I, my, my full-time job is I work in the art business. 
you know, one of my artists that I manage always told me that uh, it, if it, it doesn't fail, if you, you could take a, a figure, he paints Native American portraits, and uh, you could make the hair look like it's blowing across their face, and it would suddenly become 50% more dramatic just with the indication of blowing See, hair. thank you. That's hair. what Kenneth Farid is. So we have... Ken- Kenneth Farid is 50% more dramatic. It's the blowing hair principle. Yes. Yes. Uh, last headline of the night for old Roscoe. From denverstiffs.com by one Jeffrey Morton. Oh, 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 oh. headline, uh, perpetual change. It's early, but the Nuggets need certainty. Headline, perpetual change. <laughs> it's early, but the Nuggets need certainty. That That's so weird because it's almost like I don't even need to read the article after reading a headline like that. It's, it really fills in the blanks, all the blanks, doesn't it? Perpetual change. Um, I, I, I can tell what's going on here. Uh, perpetual change. There's so much change. Well, it's early, but the nuggets. It's early, but the, the nuggets have no certainty, and there's too much change going on. But it's also early. Before we get into that's to my this, uh, Cliff's notes, Roscoe notes. I'm not just. Thank you. You guys were talking about Ken Freed's hair, and oh, we're back to Ken Freed. We're back to Ken Freed. Yeah. Before we get into this, we'll this come back to that headline. Later. I, was, I was over here googling, and I finally found it, but. I don't know if you guys were aware of the back and forth through the media that Kenneth Freed and Josh Smith had. Recently. I'm aware. So, uh, yeah, actually, I am not aware. Who's Josh Smith? After the Nuggets' uh, first game against the Pistons <laughs> in the post-game interview on He's the a court, player for the Pistons. Yeah, on, on the court, Kenneth Freed was interviewed and he was asked about the game, and he said, "You know, Josh Smith, who was the power forward for the Pistons, uh, he said something about." You know, he, he shot the ball well early. They just kept shooting, and he shot them out of the game. You don't really say that about other NBA players. You just, you know, that's not really what you, you just don't do that. So Josh Smith was asked about that, and his reply was this. This is a couple paragraphs. It's going to take a little bit, but this is great. Uh, I don't respond to nobody that has dreadlocks and plays basketball. <laughs> I don't respond to people like that. That man's a clown, man. Quote me on that, too. The teams will play again February 6th in Detroit, Smith continued. He knows it's coming. In order to make comments like that, you've got to be able to back it up, man. And we're going to see what happens next time. I'm going to have some words while busting his ass. You know what I'm saying? While I'm busting his ass. I back up when I talk, so it's going to be a pretty good matchup. He fears me. He's scared of me. So, of course, he's going to talk about me in the newspaper. He's not going to do it to my face. If you've got to hide behind a smartphone or a microphone or a quarter, so be it. I have a question. What exactly did Kenneth Farid say about Josh Smith again? He shot them out of the game. Uh, so isn't that a compliment? He shot Detroit out of the game. Wait, he, Kenneth Farid shot No, Detroit. Kenneth Farid said Josh Smith shot the Pistons out of the game. And that's bad. Yeah, he kept shooting and missing and missing. And I get missing. it. Okay, I get it. I yes. get it. So and, I agree with Josh Smith. What do you agree with, Jeff? But Josh Smith said, I don't respond to nobody that has dreadlocks well, yeah, and plays he re- basketball. He, he has a teammate that has dreadlocks. <clears throat> yeah, that, and he re- proceeded to respond. I mean, it's like you kind of defeat the point if you say, don't respond to no one with dreadlock, and then you go on a nice little two-paragraph soliloquy about uh, how he's a punk. By the way, you are know? they really uh, dreadlocks? Uh, they're kind of very well-kept braids, I yeah, would say. Yeah, I would say yeah. they're more braids. Uh, okay. That settles it. Josh Smith, not that good at identifying haircuts. 
they're not <laughs> Ronaldo Balkman esque, you know. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. what we should call Josh Smith from now on. Josh, not good at identifying haircuts, Smith. <laughs> yes, that's what we'll do. And not by the way, what about the most generic name ever, Josh Smith? Josh Smith. I'm it is. sorry. It's pretty, anything Josh with Smith. Smith. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're just jealous of a guy who has a name like Kenneth Fareed <laughs> and who has well-cropped uh, hair. I just can't wait till February 6th when he's going to be busting Kenneth Fareed's ass, which could be funny because the wait, palace did this just Hills. happen? Oh, this was a few days ago. I mean, this is the first ago. game. Do this they was, let, uh, uh, do they on let, Halloween, in fact. Do they allow man-on-man busting ass on the court? <laughs> If Jason Collins well, has here we go. to say about it. <laughs> oh, here we go. We shall see. It's part of the agenda. <laughs> All right. Can we move back to my other headline? Thank you. Yes. But, I mean, Thank you. You don't often see that kind of trash talk at the NBA level. That is I, interesting. I appreciated it. That is interesting. Uh, why does that guy hate Josh uh, Kenneth Reed so much? Why does Josh Smith hate Kenneth Reed so much? Is it because he's jealous? I, have a, I, I kind of have a feeling that he is jealous. I mean, Josh Smith has, I think, about as, as Maybe a bigger contract than Fareed, right? Was, uh, He's got a hefty contract. Got a hefty was contract. Josh Smith on the uh, Team USA? No. At the FIBA World Cup, that new thing that was invented just this year? No, he was not. He's sorry, not Josh guy. Smith. And sorry to Ty Lawson, who loves Josh Smith. He's yes, terrible. He does. Yeah. But how do you feel now, Ty Lawson, about Kenneth Fareed? Why being called Ty a clown Lawson. by Josh Smith? No, not, like, Ty, not Ty Lawson. No, Ty, Ty Lawson. He's a, awesome. a commenter on Denver, on Denver Stiffs. Oh, one of those guys. <laughs> He's a Russian, too. Uh, Josh Russian, Smith. In case you're wondering. Josh Smith in Ooh, last I, uh, year. want to just say I love Ty Lawson. <laughs> Josh Smith last year signed a four-year, $54 million contract. That is a bit bit more. A bit more. A little a bit more. Four yeah. for 50 for Fareed? Yeah. 52, somewhere like yeah. that? So headline from DenverStiff.com. A couple million. Perpetual change. Wait, I thought I was reading the headline. No, Sorry, but you did. By Jeff Morton. Perpetual change. It's early, but the Nuggets need certainty. Um, I'm guessing by the time we finish reading this article, the Nuggets season will actually be over. Yes. Um, but uh, let's, we could talk about it. All anyway. 82 games have been played. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the longest podcast ever. Jeff Morton, uh, <laughs> as he starts out every article, it was the best of times. It, it was, was the, the worst, worst of, of times. times. <laughs> you stupid monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best of times. Yeah, it was, it was the, the worst. worst. So uh, <laughs> it's early, you but the Nuggets monkey. need certainty. Jeff, I, I'll, I will uh, now allow you to... Uh, uh, just uh, you know, give us a couple summarized. of Give us some of the some of the. And Jeff, on. by summary, we mean briefly. Well, it's an article about the Nuggets needing to uh, have a shorter rotation and uh, kind of open up the lane for Gallo and Ty. Oh my God! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! That, ladies and gentlemen, is the briefest <laughs> Jeff Morton has ever been. He sets a new cutout sports guys record for himself. Since I since I know that this is going to be a, a topic that we're going to discuss at length, should we take a break and then come back? Let's take a break yeah. and and talk about uh, the Nuggets. Let's do it. We'll at, get into some Nuggets Nazi. talk. That sounds good. All right, we'll be back right after this one.
nice break we just had right there, guys. That was a good one. Yeah. High-quality break. Going to get into a little Denver Nuggets talk, starting off with uh, Jeff's article, which, again, he stated he wrote today about the Denver Nuggets. And uh, Jeff, tell us again, quickly, what you, uh, what you wrote about. Uh, we, uh, let me read the headline real okay. quick. All right. Perpetual change. Third time. It's early, but the Nuggets need certainty. Uh, it's an article that it is simply about the Nuggets needing to uh, set a rotation and uh, needing to get some easy baskets for Ty and Gallo. So I, I always hear this from people that are uh, Nuggets devout. Mm-hmm. They talk about the rotation. They yes. always talk about the rotation. People had problems with George Carl and his rotation. Yes. Uh, Every fan base has problems with their coach's rotation. And, yes. and that's interesting to me because there's not a lot that an NBA coach can do except for the rotation. So my question is, what what's so bad about the rotation here in, in Denver Nuggets, in the world of the Denver Nuggets, now as we are only three games into an 82-game season? Well, i got I to preface this one by saying I got this on Twitter. A couple people, I said, you know, they're really not shooting very well, yada, yada. And somebody wrote back to me, well, it's the rotation. And I said, in the, in the Kings game, four of the five starters played 30-plus minutes. I think that I, I don't know if it was a flaw. Somebody played like thirty nine minutes. Might have been Fareed or somebody. No, it was a flaw. A flaw. Yeah. So I was, I was like, you know, the starters in that game, four out of five guys playing thirty plus minutes. That's pretty normal. Yeah. So the the, the question is not the rotation. No, it, it is more. Well, listen, it still is. It is. Let me let me quote to you my from my own article. <laughs> Quoth Jeff. Let me quote myself. Uh, contrary to my friend Andrew Feinstein, who wrote an article literally about the Nuggets needing to do hockey rotations with uh, like having shifts of like 30 seconds. That's and we, basically what and we talked about this somewhat, uh, somewhat what the Nuggets are doing. And we yeah. talked about this with Andy last week a little bit, yeah. too, of his kind of radical idea. Yeah, as my belief is is that the expanded rotation, much like last season, is causing an added crisis of confidence in the Nuggets on this Nuggets team. Short rotations can be perceived as a quick hook and anxiety to perform uh, causes mistakes which in turn makes the team press. One thing compounds the other and much like Gallo's rusty play goes hand in hand with his medically advised minute restriction and 18 months of not playing, so goes a quick hook in a large rotation. So your your contention is that the radical quick rotation, as in just a minute or two, is causing anxiety well, in the players so that they can't perform? Player, I'll jump in for a sec. Players perceive a quick hook as them not playing well, and players think if they're making shots and doing well that they'll stay in the game longer. Randy Foy said that last season. Randy Foy said it's very hard to get in a rhythm when you don't know when you're coming out and you don't know when you're coming back in. You don't now, know what now you're that doing. Is, that is, that's an interesting point, but to me that sounds like loser talk, frankly. <laughs> because talk. why would someone say, and that, this is the excuse that people have, is, is someone might have, is they're saying, well, how am I supposed to produce if I am, not, uh, if I am constantly worried about getting pulled out of the game? So that means that every We've second that he's... From- Every second he's on the court, he can't necessarily make shots or he can't produce because he's worried about getting pulled out of the game. And ironically, if he did make shots, he wouldn't be pulled out of the game. There is well, kind it, of a, it's, a, a CY, a cover your own cover ass, your own ass thing. thing. Yeah, but let me, I'll put it to you this way. 
uh, basketball is a unique, and, and and Ross knows this. I think every everyone knows to a extent. Basketball is unique in, in in the extent that there is really a hierarchy on each team of who gets the most minutes because they are they are good, and the replacement value on a uh, NBA roster decreases dramatically with someone who comes in off the bench unless they're like a Manu Ginobili, a six-man who was like there specifically. He was basically like a glorified starter who is like playing on the bench. Yeah, when you take but, LeBron but when you, James out. Yeah, you, you take one guy out, the, the, the next person below him is not like football where it's basically everyone is basically even and except like Peyton Manning and, and stuff like that. So, 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 so are you saying that... All of the Nuggets players right now are feeling the same way Randy Foy felt last year in that they don't feel comfortable enough in their position, so therefore they cannot produce because they are worried about possibly being pulled out of the game. Yeah, I would say that there is a definite feeling that it's if you don't make a couple shots, you're coming out. So what we have here is a group of players that are so racked with anxiety that they can't perform. Assuming, and we're assuming that otherwise they would be able to perform if they were just given a hundred percent vote of confidence from the coaches. But yes, but we have evidence of this working, and and, the, and, and last year was the exact evidence of this. And you, Nate, you know this. As soon yeah. as Brian Jaw shortened the rotation and provided certainty and set roles, offense started clicking, and people the team did take off. If you after look, he set the rotation. if you look at it from the coach's point of view. Wouldn't you prefer to just have guys that go out and take whatever minutes they are given and make the most of them and say, you know what, I am going to be the best player I can for those few uh, fleeting moments on the court? And then then you start to say, oh, now I have some real players as opposed to these players that are just so anxious and so nervous about getting pulled out that they can't even they can't even they can't even make a bucket well it's look, like, oh my god like how could you expect to perform well, look, without having a hundred percent full confidence well, look at it this way your coach basketball doesn't work that way actually basketball works exactly that way you know what the, that's name, exactly name how me basketball another works. basketball team ever in the history of the nba who has had a 10 or 11 man rotation ever well no team has yeah but what I'm saying is, is that's not because the Nuggets should have a six-man rotation. It's because no. they don't have the players to warrant a six-man rotation. The Nuggets did lose to an eight-man rotation in Oklahoma City the other night. Strength so, in numbers did not work in that game. But here's the, so so I'm, I'm confused. That just proved my point, right? Right. Well, here's well, I mean, those players for OKC were forced to play. You know, as much as extended they could. minutes, yeah. But and if Brian Shaw was coaching that team, would he do a eleven man rotation? But I mean, or would he do an eight man rotation? Many, but again, in that in that, that Kings game, no. you had four or five starters play thirty plus minutes, and I would say the four guys that played thirty plus minutes, none of them played well. Wilson Chandler, five of fifteen. Ty Lawson, I don't know how many he scored, two or three. Uh, yeah, Ty Lawson was awful. Not he, good. Yeah, yeah. Six Kenneth points. Reed, not good. Uh, Aaron Aflalo hasn't been good, hasn't shot well. I mean, nobody's played well or shot well, and I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, what is it? What's causing this? Is it that these guys don't have good chemistry together? They don't know what they're supposed to be doing? Or that they don't have an offense that has any kind of plays or anything? There's a big combination. I think it's all all true. 
Uh, what, <laughs> we're, what we are seeing with the Nuggets in the first three games is a complete and utter lack of any type of continuity at all. There, There is no... Or preparation, or, I would even say, well, which is alarming from a coaching standpoint. Well, from a coaching standpoint, what are you going to do with these guys? What could you possibly do with these guys? And, and kind of when you, we, when you ask the Nuggets, like, you know, what are you guys trying to do? What's going wrong? They just say, we're trying to stick to our principles and values. And it's like, what are those? Well, we have... Because we have. we've been told what they were. It was, we're going to try to push the pace. We want to... Wear them down with the first unit, wear them out with the second unit. Well, guess what? When you're walking the ball up the court, when you're walking the ball everywhere, when you're throwing it into the post, you're not wearing anybody down or out that way. It's not happening. What and are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that the, the team appears to have this kind of lack of focus, a lack of direction. And, and that could be blamed on the coach, for one. I feel but, like there's lip service being paid to one thing when they're doing something else. They're saying, yeah, we want to run, we want to wear them out, we want to create havoc on defense. Their defense has been fine. They've ran the ball a little bit, but I just feel like that there's something else going on that they're not saying. So who do you blame? I blame everybody. everybody. Three games in. I don't think you can blame one person. You but have you to, have blame to everybody. either blame the coach or you have to blame the players. Why? Why can't it be everybody's fault? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because in a, the game of basketball, coach the coach has very little to do with what happens on the court. Right. He can prep everybody all he wants in, in practice and all that stuff, and he can have guys running drills and all that stuff, but that's going to have a very, very little effect on the game that is played. And when you're in the game, it is up to the players, and it is usually up to one or two players to kind of take control and, and lead the team. The Nuggets have had a lack of a leader for years. Years. And, 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 and I'm not talking about lack of good players. The, the Nuggets have great players. I mean, Carmelo Anthony was not a leader. He Let's was just, not a, le- yeah. a leader. Uh, but like uh, even when Carmelo was here, I mean, I remember a guy like Marcus Camby who was out there as, a, as an on-the-court field general, right? A court general, if you will. Uh, we have seen that even Chauncey Billups back in the day. I think you got to say, but it's, there it's, was never a time where the Nuggets, at least in recent memory, where they have had a guy that was like everybody can kind of get around this guy. Yeah. Ty Lawson is not that guy. I think it's, uh, it's Nate Robinson has had a guy like that. Andre Miller was the probably closest thing to that we've had. It's yeah. almost blasphemy to say that Chauncey Billups wasn't the leader of the team, but I think the closest thing that the Nuggets have had to a leader, people may not agree with this, Kenyon Martin. Yeah. When they traded Carmelo Anthony, that guy stepped up. People don't uh, people least, don't realize. I would consider that blasphemy. At, at the very least, <laughs> at the very least, on the court, he stepped up. People don't realize how big Kenyon was for that team. Once they t- basically holding that team together. But I've also heard at the Melo trade. But I've also heard horror stories about. But there's him horror stories. Practices. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do not buy Kenny Martin. By the way, I don't buy him. I mean, maybe he kept it together just a little bit. But he was like that, like a drunken stepfather who was like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep like uh, some sort of semblance of a family." But then when things go bad, I'm beating the shit out of the mom, and I'm beating the shit out of the kids, <laughs> and things are gonna go all go to shit after that. Let's see. But the Nuggets don't have that now. Can Brian Shaw be that guy? I, I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible for a coach to be the guy on a, on a team. Well, here's a big difference, too. Uh, George Carl was 
kind of a dictator of sorts. He kind of let things become a democracy for a little while, but then he took a dictatorship. All I've heard from the Nuggets players is how much of a player's coach Brian Shaw is. I don't know if that's a good thing in the NBA. I don't know if he can be a player's coach. Yeah, Greg that? Popovich, I don't think, is a player's coach. <laughs> good point. Tom Thibodeau, was, I don't believe that he's a player's was coach. Was Phil Jackson a player's coach? No. I don't think so. But what Phil Jackson had, no matter what, was one guy that he could put everything on. And he would say, this is the guy that you all need to listen to. And maybe that's Kobe Bryant. Maybe that's Michael Jordan. Somebody. I think you're probably listening to Michael Jordan. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's and, and, and I make the point in the article, actually, that players listen to players. And players are led by players, and it, it, this actually points to a larger problem with the Nuggets, which is not on the coaching staff or the general, well, maybe a little bit on the on the general managers or the, at least the way they put it together, is that there's really no leader on this team. So, is there a, and is there Brian Shaw keeps talking about a leadership council or a leadership by committee thing, which is not going to, I mean, that's just not going to work. No. And, so that's interesting. Well, here, so, here's something that I feared growing up. This is something that I feared. When I did something and my mom said, I'm going to tell your dad when he comes home. I was scared shitless of my dad. Who are these Nuggets players scared of? Who are they held accountable to? Brian Shaw? I don't really think so. Is there an alpha dog on the team that they're afraid to disappoint? No. Yeah. There's, no one to be, there's no one to hold accountability for these guys. It's a complete and utter... Uh, it's, it's, it's just like, kind of a team. It's just kind of a group of but guys out there team. playing basketball. But not a team. Uh, a gang. It's like a gang of guys out there. We got guys from all walks of life. We got guys from Europe. We got guys from, from uh, the United States. They're just all running around. Uh, they have no direction. And, and, and by the way, I do not blame Brian Shaw for this. Why? How do you not blame I, I don't blame because the, a coach in basketball cannot possibly do that. The, it's different than like you never a, played for a coach that you were scared not to disappoint or not to cross. Well, I will tell you this: or that, if you showed up late to practice, you're like, man, he won't care. Well, they they should, but but what's most important is the peer influence. That that's what that's what gets yeah. you most of all because most 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 basketball players uh, are very quick to say, you know what, screw the coach, who cares about the coach. And by the way, within the Nuggets organization, Brian Shaw does not dictate what kind of salary these guys get. I've said this for years, and I've talked about it with with Nene, and I I talk about it with Kenneth Fareed and and JaVale McGee. These guys are getting paid $10-plus million a year, and Brian Shaw has no influence on that. Brian Shaw does not sign checks. The paychecks that they get every week for hundreds of thousands of dollars are not signed by Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw is not the boss. Price says Brian on Shaw is checks. a mid-level manager. And Brian Shaw, by the way, could be the best coach ever. And given the opportunity, he could coach a team to the NBA Finals and, and win a national, or world championship. But he's not going to do it with the Nuggets right now because the Nuggets have nobody, no on-field general, no on-court guy. I know Jeff has talked about this a lot. Greg Popovich has... Tim Duncan, and that's that's been a big story everywhere. Like like Tim Duncan is the guy that Spurs players have to follow because he follows what Greg Popovich says to a T, right? And that's interesting because I understand what you mean by Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan also has a personality 
that fits in well with the Greg Popovich type well, of organization. I, I will tell you, I'll but t- there's nobody with that personality on the Nuggets. Well, it's all and also nobody with the skill. It's all about a series of fortunate events with the Spurs because Tim Duncan came to a team with David Robinson, and David Robinson taught him how to be that guy. And but Tim the, was like that with Wake Forest. Too. Yeah, he was. But I mean, you, when you get to the NBA, it's a different model. And he had a right. superstar. On that team, I mean, David Robinson, one of the fifty greatest NBA players. So he was able to, according impart- to the book uh, published in nineteen ninety eight. Yes, <laughs> which is probably <laughs> whatever that year was. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about outdated at this point. Um, I think I think uh, John uh, John Starks was in that book too. <laughs> <laughs> Love John Starks, um, but how yeah, could I, you like John Starks? I hated the Bulls in the nineties. Remember, we've had yeah. this discussion. God, I've, I love the Bulls in the nineties. Man, I I cheered for the Knicks every time they played them. Anyway, that's, but, that's but, another. But Jeff just is a, Jeff is, likes is those that, lovable losers. But <laughs> is there a guy on the Nuggets? And, and this might be a part of the European thing too, right? We have uh, the best player on the Nuggets is supposed to be Danilo Gallinari, right? Well, Ty Lawson, Ty Tyre Lyle, toss up. Yeah, I, I mean, I, w- I would. I if would you ask the Nuggets, Kenneth Freed would be like, "Yeah, I'm the best." Yeah, Kenneth Fareed, a guy who Nobody has... Nobody believes in me, but I'm the best. No respect for authority at all, right? Kenneth Fareed is not the type of personality who would buy into the authority of a coach, right? I mean, we can agree to that, right? Uh, I think he's kind of a me versus the world guy. Yeah. Yes, and the world equ- equates to the coach. Yeah. But I would... All management. Again, I would, I would love to see if you put a personality on this team that was like... No, it's not. A it's not you against the world. It's you against me. Yes, like I'm dictating this to you. Yes, Kenneth Reed does not strike me as the type of guy who would buy into a system, and 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 like when you when you look at like guys like Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant, there was a almost like when you're watching Survivor, there is an alliance that is formed. And that is the coach and the best player on the team form an alliance. Very true. And they say, we are now going to, uh, I, as a coach, am going to uh, bow down to your whim, but at the same time, you have to support me when I tell all the other players what I want them to do. There's nothing like that going on on the Nuggets. You've you've seen Phil Jackson bend to Kobe where he said, we're going to do the triangle and tell... It's crunch time, and then you go crazy. He did that with Jordan. Greg Popovich, you hear stories of him you know, berating Tim Duncan in practice during games, and Tim Duncan accepts it, so players accept that from Greg Popovich. But also, Tim Duncan is what I would consider one of the, on the dumber side of the smart players. Like, he might be the smartest player that's ever played the game. No, 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 no. What no, no, no. Tim Duncan, no. Uh, Kobe Bryant? Uh, Michael Jordan, these guys are Kobe on smart. the smarter side. Yeah. Tim Duncan is more of like the dumb animal that you uh, get under your wing, and then he you, you get him to obey you as a coach. <laughs> completely disagree. I completely agree with what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't, couldn't I'm be the first wrong. to agree with my own statement. Kenneth Farid is a smart guy, a, a smart individual, a smart person. He never said uh, when, when, uh, when the uh, rule came down from David Stern saying uh, we have to wear suits and ties, Kenneth Free would never have said, that's retarded. That's the most retarded thing I've ever heard. I, that's retarded. I, I just want to wear my same old you know, Timberlands and jeans and, and T-shirts. Kenneth Farid is a smart guy. So, 
but he's also not talented enough to be that guy that Brian Shaw brings under his wing. Trying to figure out what Jeff's doing over there. <laughs> Looking at a thing. Um, you and, know, and, and we can say the same about Ty Lawson. I just I, I thought that my whole thing with this Nuggets team so far has been, you know, I I just thought that this team was going to be a lot like the teams under George Carl. I thought that Brian Shaw was preaching that they were going to run, they're going to push the ball, but they also wanted to be able to like get in this half court game and win games, be a tough defensive minded team. But now I'm thinking, wow, it seems like maybe he had grander plans that you know are, are pretty hard to you, are hard to you know he bit you, off more than he can you chew. You know what so the Nuggets are is uh, someone who has knowledge of everything and in the master of nothing. The old jack of all trades. They 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 are trying to have any the old classic. We're trying to have it both ways. And if you're going to run a half court offense predominantly, just stop telling people you're going to push push the ball because. But doesn't it seem like they're trying to get Fareed and Mozgov involved, and they don't really care if Lawson or Gallo are involved. To where it's yeah. like George Carl's teams hinged on Lawson, Gallinari. Uh, Andre Iguodala, like he yeah. played to those, he played to his best player strengths. Where Brian Shaw is trying to play to the best strengths of what he thinks make a team good, which are the big guys. Which are the big guys. Which, when, which, yeah. what he said during his media day press conference was, I realize I can't turn you know these guys into David West and Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol, but here he is trying to do that through the first three games. He's running everything through the post. And it's just not allowing for this team to do what they do best. Let's just say that everything that Brian Shaw has said since the summer has been a been ripe with contradiction. I want to run. The season began. He said, "I want to run." He hasn't run. I want a ten man rotation. He's playing twelve. I mean, he's paying lip service to stuff that sounds good, but it hasn't equaled anything on the court that he's set. Well, here's the good news. You guys want to hear the good news? They've What's only the played news? three games out of four hundred. They've only played three played three games. That's 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 the first part of the good news. The other good news is that the Denver Nuggets have a crop of players that are supremely talented. And I mean that in the most literal sense. In Listen that, to Ross trying to inject uh, optimism. I know. Well, what I'm saying here is <laughs> that I don't think we should all get excited about the Nuggets making a playoff run. Uh, into the Western Conference Championship. But but what I am saying is that the players that the Nuggets have, what they have done well is assembled a solid squad of very talented players. Now, I don't know if any one of those guys is suitable to kind of be that guy that we always talk about to take this team to the next level and compete against the elite in the West. I but don't. I, I don't see one guy on this team being. Able no, to do I that. don't either. I don't, but not yet. But I do know that they are. the The squad they've put together is a super like they're set up to be the wild card of the West, and by that I mean they will. They will. It's like when you're sitting down playing poker with a bunch of guys, and you have like ten, ten guys that are poker pros, and one guy who's kind of like playing like a crazy man. You can never play against him well because you yeah. never you can't predict what he's going to do. That's what the Nuggets are. 
They are all talent. You know, they're all balls, no brains. And that could be a very exciting thing to watch over the season. But they are and, like... Uh, and there is that potential where this, you know, they could be struck by the hand of God, you know, somewhere around the All-Star break. And all of a sudden they start playing like a good team. I don't think Gallo so, will round into shape until all, the All-Star break. I think it'll be that well, long. Gallo so, will, yeah, Gallo, yeah. Gallo will be in shape long before the All-Star break. He, he will be a good guy, a good player like he was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like <laughs> he will be good before the end of the year. He will be good by Christmas. I, I guarantee you that. Uh, another month, Gallo will be back playing well, and then then we get to watch a team that is what the Denver Nuggets always seem to be is like a fun team to watch yeah. and a team that can upset things. Yeah. Again, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to be contending for the Western Conference Championship, no, yeah, yeah. but I am saying that the good news is that. That the team, the team is solid. You know, like, yeah. when you look at them individually, when you look at each player, well, let's talk. Let's talk about good. this. Let's talk about how those individual individual players make up a sum. Uh, when I'm watching this team, I see that. Here's how I see it. My opinion is Brian Shaw doesn't totally trust his point guard to do much of anything. Ty and Lawson hasn't been Ty asked Lawson. to do a lot. Uh, Ty Lawson's backup is, I think, Randy Foy. It might be Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson is a shooting guard this season so far. He's kind of played a little point guard, but the point guard position's up for grabs as far as I'm concerned. Ty Lawson doesn't seem to have Brian Shaw's full commitment. Shooting guard, locked down, it's Aaron Aflalo. He's playing 35 minutes a game, something like that. Small forward, Brian Shaw's hoping to get Gallo going by... You know, he started him for a couple games. He put him on the bench for this last game. He's trying to do what he did with Foy last year and give him a give him a spark, give him a way to get into the game against second units and kind of go. Gallo is just so damn slow. Man. Isn't he so slow? I don't know if he's slow. He's herky-jerky. He's, he's weird. He's just he is, so slow. It's tough when he plays but guys that are fast, like Perry Jones. But, and then he's I, smooth, though. He is smooth. Well, let's talk about these individually. So the point guard position. Let's talk about these first. Point guard. Is Ty Lawson the point guard of the future yes. here? Yes. I, I don't feel no, no, like he's he is. Ty, no, he's the point guard of the present. Yes. Yeah. As in 2014 to 2015. But he's been, he has been, through three games, he has been rendered useless on this team. What's up with that? What's up with him? He has not been allowed to do what he does best, which is run and penetrate to the rim. I, I was looking at this guy's shot charts from his rookie season on. He's shooting like above 55, like between 55 and 60% at the rim, and most of his shots come there, and he's just not able to do that this year. I'm just curious. Why do you say he hasn't been allowed to do that? Because there's so many guys, like Jeff wrote about today, there's – so much emphasis on putting the ball into the post that those guys are in the post all the time and Ty doesn't have any lanes to drive in. Like if he if they're running horns action but and those guys sink down as soon as Ty starts to penetrate, everyone just clogs but, the freaking lane. But that doesn't mean he's not allowed to do what he does. It just means that he is not He's gotta figure out a way to do it. Yes, I mean he's just gotta do it. Like he's gotta, that's what basketball is all about. You gotta that, adapt, right? Uh, exactly. Is that when you have a basketball team, you have five individuals that want to all be the leading scorer. But one of them always But Ty's been of, the leading scorer for the last two seasons. So he he, he better I mean <laughs> he better do it now. 
And in fact, Ty Lawson and Danilo Gallinari better come to some sort of an agreement, and it won't come by having some sort of meeting in the locker room. Yeah, it'll come from Ty Lawson just saying, "You know what? This is what I do. I'm going to drive it. I'm going to I'm going to push it towards the hoop, and then if somebody's in my way." They're the ones that default, and they will naturally move the shit out of the way. They will move out of the way. But I just, I, I, I just feel like this team right now is being coached square peg round hole. It's being, it's Brian Shaw paying lip service during training camp media day to I want to run, I want to do this and that, and then the actual game is let's slow it down, let's post up guys and. It's just not working yet, which doesn't mean it can't work. It doesn't mean that it's not going to, like, you know, evolve, and it doesn't mean guys aren't going to adapt and start playing better and hitting shots. But right now there's a lot of one-on-one offense and not a lot of movement, not a lot of off-ball movement. And it's and there's a lot of – there's not a lot, but there's there's some bad body language, and one guy that's had really bad body language has been Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, yeah. It's been – Horrific, and he's been coming off the court yelling and screaming. Grump, but there's reasons why he's been on 45 different teams in the NBA. Uh, By the way, I would. There's a reason why he's still in the NBA too. Uh, I that's also true. I would say I would listen to Nate Robinson the most, but but I will say this: things work themselves out within a basketball team. Things will always, and I will say this: if you want to be critical about the team that you love, I would always err on the side of criticizing the players, not the coach. And I, I, That's what I would say. I like 90% this. 90% of the time, yeah, absolutely. Nine, I uh, yeah, I would say don't, don't, don't focus on the coach because the coach is the easiest thing to do. We're not talking about the NFL where we can talk about John Fox, who's the biggest idiot ever. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm talking about in, the, in, in basketball terms. Can I, can I interject here? <laughs> <laughs> well, John Fox just showed up at Jake's. Hey, yeah. Listen, what do you think about the Nuggets? Uh, what do you what do you, do you think? Ty Lawson or Danilo Gallinari should be the leader of the Nuggets? The Denver Nuggets need to have a next man up policy. No, no, John, that's exactly what we don't need. <laughs> they also need them to run on first down. Uh, Damn John, it, John, John, John uh, thank you for uh, coming God, by here, and we appreciate having you on the podcast. I don't but, appreciate it at but, all. Uh, Wait, don't you realize that Ty Lawson is a, is, is a star-type point guard? Well, you know, anytime you have an injury, it's always next man up. Oh, my God, <laughs> this guy. That's all he says. And, uh, you know, we had a player on the team, and uh, he got an injury, and, and, you know, we have a next man up policy here. Well, well, well John, thank you. Uh, I mean, that's really good advice, but what, like, do you think that Brian Shaw is a problem with the Nuggets right now, or...? Well, you know, sometimes he doesn't run enough on first down, and that's what you have to do. Did you, you know in John the NFL Fox, this league? I'm sorry, John. Did you know that there's no first downs in in basketball? Or were you like I'm not sure? If oh, come you, on, don't pick on John Fox like that. <laughs> come do on, they, do they have a fair ne- question? Here. Is there a next man up policy? <laughs> that's <laughs> the only policy with the Nuggets: strength and numbers. So, uh, next man up. Did, <laughs> <laughs> John Fox summing it up for us here <laughs> with the Nuggets, but we got to hit on one more thing. We have to. We'd be uh, negligent if we didn't. Yeah. Center right. rotation: Javale McGee, 
moving in to the primary backup role. Actually, I wouldn't even say primary. I would say he's coming off the bench with logging major minutes. If John Fox was here, he would say next man up with the centers, too, because that's... Uh, next man up until JaVale McGee is the first man up. <laughs> that's clearly an imposter. That's, uh, that was me. Just, uh, <laughs> that was a bad impersonation of John Fox. Sorry, guys. But, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I don't... can do a John Fox impression, too. <laughs> <laughs> next man up. <laughs> hey, that was actually really good. <laughs> well, yeah, Javale- Find the next man. Put him up. <laughs> we we all knew JaVale would eventually get to this spot, but I mean, I think it, is, it a, is what it is. But yeah. there's a there's a certain amount of Nuggets fans. All right, so if majority. You want, if you want the Nuggets to make a playoff run, you have to root for Aaron Aflalo and Randy Foy to hold down the shooting guard spot. And you have to root for JaVale McGee and Mozgov to be the centers. If you want Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurgis to play a lot of minutes, this team's not making the playoffs. And I love Yusuf Nurkic. I think he has a lot of potential. I agree. But you saw him the other night against the Kings. Are you talking about Yusuf Jerkic? Yes, that's what I'm talking about, the Jerkic. Yusuf Jerkic, that's exactly. you, You saw it with Nurkic the other night. Against the Kings, he catches the ball right on the baseline, or he gets the rebound that he fumbles, and he just sets the ball back inbounds, <laughs> steps out of bounds, comes back in and catches it, and they whistle him. Well, he couldn't. He, he couldn't grab the ball again. It was like he he was like waiting for someone on the Nuggets to come get it. And but that's the thing. He, he doesn't quite understand the NBA game yet. Yeah. It's going to take him time, and you can't be a playoff team in the West <laughs> playing guys. Yeah, no, don't exactly right. know everything. Yeah. <laughs> we should not. But just so we, let's just be honest here. We shouldn't judge him just based on that. Like, well, he's been great. Uh, I mean, he's <laughs> like he's been a rebounding machine. Nurkic, right? He's been a rebounding he's machine. Great. Yeah. That that play where you just described what he just did, like that was like. It was. That, I mean, that was horrible. Right? It was a boneheaded like, rookie mistake. Like that was, you know, it was, and you're going to get that, and that's what it you, was. One of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. <laughs> but you can't have uh, like, that. Um, like you, you know? see that, like in seventh grade. Like I, I started yeah. playing basketball when I was in sixth grade. That's something I would have done. He had the right idea. You know what I did? He dropped it in bounds. Made sure he had you two know, feet in, and then picked fr- it back up. I was first? like, that looks good to me. <laughs> 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 like he stepped I mean, in and grabbed. What my first uh, uh, competitive basketball game, I did not know that when after a basketball, my, my job was passing the ball in after a, a hoop was made. And I was on the baseline, and I would get the ball. and that I was would your pat, only job? I would pass. Yeah, that was pretty much my like, only okay, job. Like, okay, Ross, after you pass it in, sit up back on the bench. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, and I would get the ball after they made a hoop, and then I would get the ball underneath the hoop on the baseline, and I would throw it to the referee. And the referee was like, you don't have to. Give it to me. Just you said throw to it in. It. Dumb <laughs> then, like for the whole game, I was just stupid like, golden hillbilly <laughs> throwing it to the referee, throwing it to the re- and the referee was like, "God damn it, Ross! Just you just throw it in. Just get it in. And I just kept doing that over and over again. <laughs> and that's what I thought about when I saw Nurkic do that the other day. I was like, "What? Like, did they were the rules that different back in Bulgaria?" <laughs> Bulgaria, Bosnia, Bosnia. were the rules that different? <laughs> By the way, because that was, I mean, like that's what Brian Shaw's dealing with, right? Yeah, like a, a, guy, a bunch of guys playing communist rules of basketball. <laughs> we're like, we're like, think, like they I do wouldn't. not think that's accurate. That's an ignorant. I mean, American. this was this was an NBA game. Yeah, 
This was uh, not a preseason game. This was a regular season game. It was one bad play out of like 70 or 100 good plays he's had. <laughs> But which is which is the same thing JaVale McGee deals with. And actually, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, and, actually, you know, that's a good point. Also, JaVale McGee would have done that. And Timothy Mozgov. Timothy Mozgov, JaVale McGee, and probably to some extent now with that play, Yusuf Nurkic, are probably the most disrespected centers in the NBA. Because oh. anytime like anybody dunks on somebody, they say, oh, he just got Mozgov. Oh. Or if there's any goofy play, it's like, oh, that's like checked in a fool like JaVale. Like I, I, I hate that shit, man. Yeah, I except uh, I think what was it, Javale, who said I just got shacked in the cash? No, shacked in a coon. Yeah, is what he said, which was that unfortunate. Was Wait, what? I, I loved Wait, it. What he called it, shacked in. They coon. interviewed him after the game on TNT, and that's what he said. They're like, so what do you think about shacked in a fool? He's like, you mean shacked in a coon? I thought it was excellent. I thought it was oh, great. I thought like, he was saying like, that you guys want to make fun of me? Screw you! No. I'm going to come As right in back JaVale at you. McGee is getting paid. How many millions of dollars a year? Like twelve? Yeah, that that probably would have yeah. probably would have been a better well. response, but no, he said checked in a coon. Oh, I thought he said checked in a cash. Which I liked it. I think we couldn't I think say other than referencing what he said, you know, so I like the fact that racist, JaVel McGee racist stood up podcaster. For <laughs> Jeff Morton. Racist, racist gay agenda podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> the gay agenda has moved on to trying to re ignite racism. But there is a point like the point I'm trying to make is that JaVale McGee doesn't give a shit. That guy has made it to the pinnacle of his career. Man, I don't know. He played good against the Kings. He played good. In the second half. In the second half he played well. Did you notice in the second half of that game that he started doing the verticality stuff? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, mean? What does that mean? He completely know. stopped going for pump fakes and stayed on his feet to try to block shots. And he oh. blocked like two or three shots yeah. on just staying on his feet. Instead of trying to jump and volleyball it like uh, Chris Marlowe would say, Karch karate it into the stands. Isn't everybody pretty much under the impression that JaVale McGee could be one of the greatest centers of all time? We need to have Chris Marlowe on this podcast. Well, we need a podcast that. by like 3 o'clock so Marlowe can stay awake and come <laughs> podcast with us. But no, I'm serious. <laughs> isn't hope he's not isn't listening everybody to kind one, of in <laughs> agreement that JaVale McGee could be one of the greatest centers of all time? We just got his head right like we just but that's the thing with nba talent is you can't say i realize this because ross i'm exactly there i fall in love with talent but you can't say man he'd be so talented if if he wasn't an idiot you can't say if because <laughs> it's all part of the package retarded. he'd like, be so good if you can't someone it's so hard for people to not be idiots i thought Jared if they smith are in a, idiots you know i thought jerry smith was gonna be a, a freaking Perennial All Star. There is not a more talented finals. NBA player in the last, at least come from Denver in the last what five six years than J.R. Smith, except for up in the old noggin, which made him so, not as talented. His quote about I've never had to think about the offense until this season. I've never had to think about anybody but myself or something. Yeah, he said it was like J.R. Smith, and it's like, man. dude, you're making Man. seven, eight million dollars a year. I wouldn't give a shit either. I mean, I'm not saying I'd be any different. <laughs> you don't have to. It's guaranteed contracts. JR is like the best. JR is the single most frustrating athlete I've ever seen, ever watched. I, I will have to say that. JaVale's got to be up there. He's right. He, yeah, but J- JaVale <laughs> had an established comedy uh, uh, with him before he came to Denver, you know. <laughs> like a sideshow. Yeah. Watching like I got a YouTube channel. <laughs> watching J.R. Smith in Denver was By the way, if you don't height of frustration. If you don't follow JaVale McGee on Vine, do it now. Those are good. 
And also follow the Colorado Sports Guys YouTube channel. Yes, Colorado Sports Guys YouTube. Yeah, we got all sorts of interesting. This is Jeff Morton uh, guy is doing work. We got interesting uh, videos. videos out the wazoo. Videos of uh, like boring guys like Danilo Gallinari <laughs> shooting <laughs> shooting jump shots. Yeah, that was. <laughs> all right, guys. We did get four thousand views on that. So that let's wrap this thing up. Let's right, get let's the heck out of here. All right, good good times, guys. I love Jake's it. Food and Spirits. Come visit these guys, and if you say oh, Andrew Feinstein, you'll get twenty eight percent. Off, yeah. yeah. And uh, by the way, I believe the uh, fourth. That's uh, Monty Ball's number. Yeah. Fourth uh, anniversary party is coming up here. It is. Yeah, Jake's has been here for a I long time. I believe if you spend four dollars, you get four things for four dollars. Yeah, fourth, fourth anniversary. Well, right here. right here, right here. Fourth anniversary party. Uh, they'll have drink specials, uh, $4 orange vodka cocktails, $4 draft beers, and $4. Quattro wine glasses, yeah, and food specials on appetizers, salads, entrees, and desserts. Yeah, so, I like it. And don't forget to visit the uh, Colorado Sports Guys uh, homepage and click on that banner at the top of the page. And uh, also visit the Chop House. That's all I got. This all right, a fun let's get time, out here, guys. guys. We'll be back. Gamblers on the Storm coming Thursday. We'll see you all then.